Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to react to the final day, day number 11 of San Francisco 49ers training camp. There was no fans in attendance, just the team, the PR staff, the coaches, and the media. Uh, The final day before the team jettisons off to Las Vegas to uh, have joint practices on Thursday and Friday leading up to their preseason week one game against Las Vegas on Sunday at one o'clock in the hot, hot Las Vegas sun. Um, I have heard they are moving joint practices up early uh, to like eight o'clock in the morning simply because it's supposed to be 106 in Las Vegas. Um, I don't know why (laughs) Uh, the Davises and whoever designed this practice field didn't put a roof on it. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't put a roof on a place in the middle of Las Vegas in the sun in summertime, but hey, that's the Raiders are going to Raider. Today, we are going to 49er and talk about what happened at practice. Jawan Jennings roasted the crap out of Ambry Thomas during one-on-ones. Uh, Brock Purdy struggled a little bit today, and Trey Lance wasn't helped out by his receivers. We'll dive into all of that, but first... The absences of practice. Nick Bosa, the only one, still not there. Brandon Ayuk is back off the vet day. He practiced today leading up into the joint practices on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Kalia Davis and Robert Beal Jr. had helmets and pads on today, so a good sign from them. They were doing light stretching uh, and doing something similar to what Austin Bryant was doing before he came back, so it seems like those two guys are on their way to returning to the field, whether it's this week or it's early next week. Elijah Mitchell and Daryl Luter Jr. still doing kind of light stretching individual drills on the side as they work themselves back from injury as well. Uh, Marlon Davidson, who was hurt, I believe it was, on Monday. He was back at practice today. And then Drake Jackson uh, someone who I pointed out and said, hey, he was hurt, don't know why, didn't get an update. He was seen walking on the sideline in street clothes in a long sleeve black t-shirt and shorts. Didn't practice today, so keep your eye on that. Um, and also Taco Charlton, someone who I called maybe this year's Tashawn Gibson. He apparently left practice early for an unknown reason, I would assume an injury Uh, but don't and are uncertain about the length and severity of that injury. But it was a great day of practice. Um, It's fun to be out there when no one else can see what's going on. And it's really fun to be be out there when it's literally like the stands are being taken down. If you were at training camp, you know what I'm talking about. There's no stands. 
Um, and it's literally just the team on the field, the media behind them, and then the DJs out there like, let's get this thing pumping. And you're like, what's going on here? Um, that place seems barren and empty with no fans there. It was my first day at practice with no fans, so it was pretty interesting to see how things work and um, and just really kind of get a, a glimpse of how things are done uh, when no one else can really see what's happening. It's not a game day. It's just a practice at Levi Stadium on the practice field, and it was really fun. A lot of insight, and today I'm going to bring you what I found on the practice field, and it starts off really insanely funny because we're watching one verse ones which basically that means is quarterback a db and a receiver right and they're practicing their go balls and their deep routes and Jawan jennings and amber thomas they're lined up against each other face to face purdy calls hike the ball was snapped purdy throws it up and they're kind of fighting for uh they're fighting for uh to see you can get the ball obviously but they're kind of fighting for um, for leverage, right? And <laughs> the ball goes over Jennings' head, and Amber Thomas is screaming, you know, yeah, yeah, getting in his face and whatnot. <laughs> and I kid you not, Jawan Jennings, while walking back, and kind of, they're kind of cursing at each other, his exact words were to Amber Thomas, that's the first good rep you've had in three years. <laughs> and Larry Kruger's next to me, I go, did you hear that? Did you hear what he just said to Ambry Thomas? Like, Jawan Jennings, point blank, ruined Ambry Thomas's career and said, you've done nothing. That's your first good rep in three years. And that was quite the way to kick off uh, day number 11 and the final day of training camp for the San Francisco 49ers. There was some chippiness later as well. Uh, Ronnie Bell and George Odom... Uh, it was a running play by Lee Jordan Mason, and they were engaged in a, the block. And they were kind of fighting and kind of pushing and shoving. And after the play, I'm not sure if Bell said anything to him, but George Odom just took a swipe at his head and you know, kind of smacked him across the helmet. And I said, oh, like, we are getting chippy. Then even later in practice, George Odom again, uh, along with Marcelino McCurry Ball, they just laid out Ty Davis Price. He was running up the middle, and it was like they put their head down, their helmet down, and they were like, you are not getting past us. It was unstoppable force meets immovable object, and it was boom. And everyone kind of paused and said, is he okay? <laughs> like, someone put that man in concussion protocol, thankfully kept practicing, but it was like, okay. We were off to a booming, literally booming start. We have haymakers being thrown, we got huge hits. We got this careers destroyed verbally by Jawan Jennings. And that was the beginning of practice. It kind of set the tone and just really told me that these guys are ready to go smack some pads, you know, and knock some heads against the Las Vegas Raiders on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. They're ready. You can tell by how they're carrying themselves. And with no fans there, the demeanor has changed in just one practice. Um, I won't be in Vegas, unfortunately, but just seeing how they were today, it was made abundantly clear to me they're ready. They're ready to play some smash-mouth 49er football against their hated rival, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I do have some small observations before we get into highs and lows of the day. Um, Danny Gray... Uh, we saw him yesterday or a few days ago when you're listening to this on the audio version. 
Uh, Danny Gray, uh, he filled in for Brandon Ayuk when Ayuk had the vet day. Danny Gray had a running play today. Uh, it was one of those, okay, like, that's new. Uh, you weren't showing that the previous 10 days. Um, and, and I think the running game in a small capacity is where they can kind of utilize his speed if he's not going to be a viable option in the passing game or if he's not getting open. Um, I think utilizing his speed, maximizing that attribute is going to be very important or at least can aid this offense in the explosive plays they can have. Got about 8-10 yards on the play. Uh, it wasn't a huge gain. It wasn't like a big touchdown, but Danny Gray is getting running plays. Just one, but something that stuck out very well during camp. Um, Steve Wilkes, this man loves to blitz. I mean, let me tell you. And it's funny, too, because whenever he's asked about it, he goes, Did I blitz a lot? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Do I? And it's like, yes, Steve, you do blitz a lot compared to Demeco Ryans. Um, I counted five blitzes today, including a couple of safety blitz, a literal all-out linebackers and safety blitz today. He was bringing the heat towards this Niners offense. It was fun and good to see. It was like, okay... They're going to be aggressive. Hufunga, Gibson, and Oliver, and Warner, and Greenlaw, they want to swarm. They want to attack. I counted five blitzes, including one all-out blitz during practice today. couple other things. Um, Eric Armstead, I mean, he looks like the player that San Francisco is paying him to be again. Um, he was hurt for a lot last year. Uh, for a variety of reasons, and he finally looks like that player that you said, yeah, that's why DeForest Buckner isn't here, because we're paying you instead. Um, he's been good the past, what, three three seasons now in San Francisco, ever since 2019, and last year, with the injuries, took a step back. That's fine. It happens. It's football. Um, there was a concern with the injury he had. I'm forgetting what it was exactly, but it's kind of one of those injuries that when you get older, wear and tear happens, and um, it could, you know, lead to uh, missing a lot more games and missing more time. But he looks like a healthy human being again. And if you can have him and Hargrave play 16 games this year, including playoffs, it's going to be something huge. And just getting Armstead back on the field, I know you want him out there for every single game, but if he misses two or three games, it's not going to kill you, depending on who you play. But to have him out there and healthy and just knowing that it's him and Hargrave at the top of their game inside on the defense next to Bosa when he eventually signs and whether it's Drake Jackson or Farrell or Austin Bryant, whoever it is on the other side, uh, this defensive line is going to be incredible to watch with a all-pro in Hargrave, a all-pro level talent in Armstead when healthy, then Nick Bosa, the running defensive player of the year. Like, this <laughs> this defense is going to be scary, and Armstead is showing that his role uh, is going to see an uptick this year. Already mentioned this next player twice. That's George Odom. Um, he's been taking a lot of what I think many fans would expect it to be Jair Brown's reps in training camp and practice with the first team. Uh, he has looked like a different player this year. Um, he's going to be relegated to special teams most likely throughout the season, but uh, he's been amazing in run defense. He's been aggressive in his tackling. Uh, George Odom, for all the talk of, you know, he's kind of a a one-dimensional 
player in his career in the past, special team guy, all pro this past year. I think he was second team all pro. Uh, he looks like a, a thumper. He looks like someone who took San Francisco's model of swarm and the, the, the idea of hunting an offensive player to heart. Because this, not even, you know, didn't even take notes about it or didn't write it down many times, but it was like, wow, George Odom has looked very strong in the first 11 days of training camp that I've seen. And you get that, like, he's a player fighting to not lose reps to a rookie that this team drafted in the third round this year. And he's showing that he's not going to lose that ground to Jair Brown just yet. Uh, and, and it's really good to see from George Odom, and again, through the first, what, like, week and a half of practices uh, but that brings us to our highs and lows, and that brings us to uh, our first high of the day, and that is, in fact, Jair Brown. Um, Jair Brown, we talked plenty of times on the podcast this year about, you know, he's kind of been a, you know, one of those players you're told has played well by players and practices that we aren't allowed to go to. Um, Brendan Ayuk infamously said earlier in OTA's minicamp that, you know, he's caught seven picks, whatever it was, and it's like, not when we're here. Um, today, he finally got his first interception in front of the media. And it was a doozy. It was a good one. Uh, he was... There was a deep ball thrown by Sam Darnold to McLeod. And Jair got in front of it, picked it off. It was like, that's a great play. And, and you look at it and go, okay. Like, that's what we're talking about here. The idea to be a ball hawk and be a playmaker and get the offense, the ball back. Um, it is a play like this that's going to get you more reps... And I think, just for him, just to get that first one out of the way, at least that I've seen, that we've seen as, as the media, um, it's a good sign for a young player who, just like George Odom, is trying to you know not lose reps. Jair Brown's trying to take those reps away. Uh, and for the first time to actually see him kind of pop. Um, there's been certain reps, certain you know plays, where we've seen the reaction time is really strong and had there been pads and... A joint practice or a preseason game or an actual regular season game maybe he's making a big play enforcing the fumble or having a big tackle you know just you know hitting that hit stick right uh but to see him actually make a play have an impact on the field today uh, was really impressive for the first time and he gets our first high of the day when it comes to our highs and lows the next low it's really tough to to dive into this because um it's hard to critique a rookie because, yes, you can point to the play and say, well, that's not good and this isn't good and you should have caught that ball and that's the wrong route or whatnot. But in this offense, and even on defense too, it's hard to, to kind of pinpoint what's going wrong. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Or it's never as simple as you drop the football. It's always something more happening behind the scenes. And for Cameron Latu, our first low of the day, rookie, I have said when we drafted him, he's vanilla as can be. I didn't love the pick. Um, 
That doesn't mean I don't want him to play well. He's a tight end on this team. I want you to go out there and play well and, you know, be productive for this offense, right? Uh, but Cameron Latu, I, I believe John Chapman said he has had one of the worst camps uh, this year. And, you know, it's hard to quantify that because Matt, Matt Pryor has been pretty bad early. Um, guys have been cut already, and so you'd assume they've had bad camps as well. Uh, but Cameron Latu has had a, a very rocky welcome to the NFL. Uh, more so than Braden Willis, more so than, you know, other guys like LeBorn in the backfield or, you know, Jair Brown or, you know, even Jake Moody, <laughs> right? Uh, Cameron Latu has found himself on the brunt end of my negativity a lot. And a lot of that's because of the outcomes. But today, I want to, you know, understand his situation a little more and help, you know, m me and you figure out what's going on here because he dropped two passes today and both of them were wide open, no defender around him, including one for 20 yards downfield. Like, two plays you have to catch. Um, and he talked after practice to the media, and I think we kind of got some insight into how he's working through the process of being a rookie in this offense in his first ever training camp. Um, some of it is concerning for a, you know, in his first year of, you know, how productive can he be? Um, and he said himself, look, my brain is kind of spinning when it comes to learning the offense and getting acclimated to the NFL. Like, uh, sometimes my brain is just going a million miles an hour and I have so many things in my head of, you know, I have to be here and do this and that and whatever. And, you know, learn my cut. What's my route? Where is that going to be? What's the protection here? And that can be overwhelming for a player that, don't forget, not only is in his first camp, is a rookie in the first year with the offense... He's also still learning how to play tight end, um, transitioning over from Alabama or in or at Alabama to now with San Francisco. Um, it's tough because you want to be patient, right? But I think the way he's speaking and how he's playing really is a sign that he is a project player. And I do think that if he wasn't a third-round pick, uh, his performance would have him on the roster bubble. I just don't, like, when I see him play, and I see third round pick next to his name, it doesn't make sense. I didn't like the pick initially, and again, I don't mind him being honest. I want that. But to see the play, to see how he's going out there and not performing very well, and to see how he's dropping passes, to see how he's, you know, openly saying, hey, my mind is spinning, my brain's kind of going a thousand miles an hour, um, and I'm trying to figure this stuff out still. It's not very promising that he'll have an impact this year. Doesn't mean he can't have it in two years or three years or four years. It's what a project is. But as a third round pick value, and I get it's early, it's 11 days so far, but as a third round pick value at tight end, I don't love that I'm hearing that. And I also do not like what I'm seeing on the field from him in the passing game. Um, our next high, our second high of the day is kind of something we already talked about is Eric Armstead. He was really good today in practice. Um, had, had multiple pressures against Spencer Burford, who isn't bad by any means, but just he was having a field day today with, with, with him. Um, Armstead, again, is kind of back to who he has been the past few years prior to last year. Um, his body looks rejuvenated. He feels fresh. He looks strong. He looks healthy. And I think... 
getting him back on the field, getting the confidence back. He knows what he can do. Um, it did suck late in the year where, you know, you have Armstead, then you have kind of a rotation of Kinlaw and then McGill and then Davidson and then, you know, Kerry Hyder's in there Some in, in some instances. But now there's consistency next to him. And I think we are going to see a new and improved Eric Armstead where you know, there's going to be times where, you know, Hargrave's double teamed and Bosa's double teamed and there are two guys and he's going to be one of them that is one-on-one. He'll win that rep, he'll get that sack, he'll force a pressure, which a few days ago led to a pick. Today, that didn't happen, but he was in the face of the quarterback constantly. Eric Armstead gets our next high, our second low of the day. It was one of those things that, you know, it kind of creeps up on you, then it goes away. Then it kind of creeps back up on you, then it goes back away. And, And today it crept back up on the receiver's in tight ends. I counted six drops in total. Uh, Ayuk had one, almost had two. There was a play where he was kind of juggling the football up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, it was in his hands, in the defender's hands, and back in his hands. So almost two drops for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Conley had one again. That was a problem for him earlier in OTAs and minicamp. Um, Cameron Latour had two. Willie Sneed had one. And Ronnie Belligan had one. Um, a lot of these passes that were dropped were easy slants, you know, comebackers. And, you know, it's really easy passes where no defenders around you. Like, balls right to your hand. And just plays that you point to and go, okay, you're in the NFL. <laughs> you have to make that play. And, and I get it. These quarterbacks are throwing 75 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour with the freaking football. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. But you got gloves on and you're wide open. You got to make that catch nine times out of 10. And I prefer 10 times out of 10. But it was so bad today that Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw on the sideline were making fun of them. They were literally, you know, chanting, come on, another one, another one. Like every drop. Like there was there was a a, a a portion of play where it was back-to-back drops. Warner and Greenlaw had a field day with that. I mean, they were just yelling and screaming and just hollering, having a good time of like, these guys can't catch. They stink. Like, another one. Like, and they were just cheering on the fact that their offense was faltering, which usually you don't want. You want the offense to play well against your defense when it comes to practice because you want to get better. But the fact that, like... Those are reps that are almost invaluable to the defense because they can't improve in an area where it's, okay, it's pass defense. It's wide open receivers on slants and cuts and and comebackers that are just, boom, right in the hands, back on the ground. And you're like, okay, you are ruining your quarterback's day on the stat book, which we'll get into in a minute here. But also, Ronnie Bell's had drops in OTAs and minicamp. And he's had a good training camp, but... If your hands are inconsistent, it's going to be hard to play you. Chris Conley, a veteran player that's had a good camp, that's been, you know, seen in the first team offense a lot thus far, someone who they could view as maybe a veteran practice squad stash or someone they maybe view in certain areas of, you know, can take over for Joan Jennings if he goes down sometime during the season. Um, He's had drops and OTA's the minicamp, and now it's kind of creeped back up in a practice here. 
Um, and Cam Lott, too, obviously we're already talking about him. Like These are signs of players that are fringe roster players that are dropping passes. That's a bad thing. <laughs> you want to catch the football, right? If you're playing receiver, can playing tight end, what's your job? You're either blocking or you're catching. And if you can't do one of those, you may not get a chance to do any of it. And so for Conley and Bell and Latu, and even Ayuk today, which, I mean, he he's fine. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk is fine. <laughs> not worried about that guy. Um, but the other what, four guys, you, you kind of get a little concerned about when the drops creep back up to you because... If it happens in joint practices, then preseason games, and if you happen to make the team regular season, okay, you lost the game because of a drop. Who knows, right? You have to be consistent. And some of these guys put together, you know, a week of great practice. Then there comes that, you know, the little devil on your shoulder. Hey, drop a pass here, drop a pass here. And that kind of happened today at practice. Um, our last high, though, of highs and lows is... Veteran DBs, I already talked about them. George Odom, Mooney Ward. Just want to highlight Odom again. Aggressive, strong in the run. Tackling is efficient. Um, again, he, he is pouncing on running backs and, you know, the short passes in the box. He's been really good in those areas. But I want to highlight Mooney Ward because he was hurt early in training camp. Um, he said his aspirations were to be the all-pro cornerback this year. And at least for today, he looked the part. He looked like the all-pro cornerback that he was signed to be and he's trying to be this year. Um, there was a stretch where he was locking down Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Uh, he had a he had a PBU today, a pass defended, and then uh, again, he, like it's very hard. Like the idea of a cornerback locking down. Ayuk and Debo on slants and crosses and quick outs. It's almost impossible. Like, like that task is Herculean. Mooney Ward was doing that today. Um, there was a play where he just had Debo in handcuffs in a straitjacket, locked down. There was no chance that ball was getting past him. He batted it down in completion. Um, he was just phenomenal. The way he used his hands... Well, he was jamming guys at the line of scrimmage, uh, not letting guys get out of their cuts. Like he was really good in how he played out there today. He looked like bona fide CB one, and if we're talking in one practice, he looked like the all pro cornerback he was hired and signed to be. Uh, and again, a really good sign for a cornerback room that has a one true leader in Mooney Ward being that today, but also young guys around him. You know, we talked earlier, Avery Thomas is kind of on that bubble, but, you know, they trust him a lot. They want to see what he can be. But when Jawan Jennings is roasting you, and I would arguably, you know, saying things that could be what the team feels. This is your first good rep in three years. Um, now, that's probably too literal, right? But I do think that for Jawan Jennings to say that, there has to be some belief that, you know, around the team that Ambry Thomas has not been great for almost two years, and he has to step up. They want him to be this team's number four cornerback behind Ward, Lenore, and Oliver, and he'll get that chance. I think he's been better than Womack this year in training camp, um, but still, like this team at cornerback is not necessarily deep. They're young, they're exciting, they have you know two veteran players in Ward and Oliver, 
that, you know, I think can get better this year. But behind them, it's a whole lot of question marks. And I think, you know, to see Mooney Ward out there setting the example in the lore, having a good camp, it brings positivity. It brings you, you know, consistency with the top three guys. But behind them, it's a whole lot of what are we getting today? Um, is Jennings, is Jordan Jennings of all receivers getting past you on a go route? Um, I'm sorry. Um, out of, again, all receivers, Juwan Jennings, who is slow, should not get past you on a go route. Um, and he had Thomas beat on that ball. It was just overthrown. <laughs> so for Thomas and Womack and even Deshaun Jameson, like, this is really imperative that these three guys string together, you know, two, three more weeks of strong practices and have a really good joint practice performance against Las Vegas leading into that game on Sunday against the Raiders. But look, it's quarterback time. Ring the bells. Sound the trumpets. It's quarterback conversation time. But first, I want to remind you, use that promo code 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. It works on concerts. It works on any game you want to go to this year. Your first purchase, $20 discount. Use that promo code 49ersaccess. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, 49ers underscore access, Instagram, 49ers.access. For all the updates, I'm hoping to go to almost every single practice this year. That's in Santa Clara. And if you want to see the updates... Follow us on social media. Okay, it's quarterback time. the Everyone's favorite time of the year. Everyone's favorite part of the show. Let's talk QBs. Today was kind of an unkind day towards quarterbacks because a lot of drops again. I counted six. Um, you could argue there was a seventh... Um, depending on how you view one of the IU plays that was kind of a tough play, but he could have caught it, but it was, again, kind of out of his reach. It, it, you know, one of those muddy water plays, right? Um, the quarterbacks were not helped by uh, the receivers at all. I counted one drop from Brock Purdy's reps, counted two drops from Trey Lance's reps, uh, then three from Darnold, then one from Allen, um, again, just kind of a weird day where the stats are skewed in the you know a negative direction, but it doesn't tell the entire story. Um, we're gonna dive into every single throw Lance and Darnold made today to kind of give you an idea and the context you desire out of what actually happened at practice. And for Purdy, his day was a little more easy to kind of define in a few plays. Um, Purdy was eight for fourteen today with one drop mixed in there. Um, but he was forcing a lot of throws that didn't need to be had. Um, there was a play where he kind of just didn't know where to go with the football and kind of just floated it up in the air over the middle of the field, and, and thank God it wasn't picked off. And he was targeting George Kittle, which again, if you're going to target someone in coverage, it should be George Kittle. Big body guy, um, is known for... His contested catches over the middle, like that—that's that, the guy you want to target. But you're lofting a ball up over the middle. That's a danger zone. 
Like, we're talking Tom Cruise, Top Gun. We are in the freaking danger zone, Kenny Loggins. And thankfully, it wasn't intercepted, but it was knocked down by Fred Warner. Weird throw, bad decision, didn't like that. Then later in practice, there was an all-out blitz. There was Warner and Greenline all over, just going for Brock Purdy. Um, and again, this is a play I'm not really sure what Purdy saw. I, I, I wasn't sure if he saw the fact there was no safeties in the middle of the field, nor linebackers, and he said, I'll throw it there. Um, I'd prefer if you're going to throw the football away, you get rid of it towards the sideline um, and kind of limit the exposure of the football in the field of play. Um, you'd rather not have a player have an opportunity to make an amazing defensive play and pick that ball off. Um, so I'd rather, if you're going to throw the football away, get it either low and not loft it again. Both these plays were just kind of floated kind of passes in the middle of the field. And again, no harm, no foul on incompletion where no one touches it, but you don't get in the habit of that. And it happened twice in this practice. Um, then later, again, a dangerous throw. Uh, this was more dangerous because of the contact almost initiated, but he kind of left Christian McCaffrey out to dry. Um, he kind of was in the pocket, looking to his right, looking to his left, and there was McCaffrey in the flat, threw it to him, but kind of threw it behind him. And then, like, Lenore was right there. McCaffrey fell down. Had McCaffrey not fell down, or had the angle been any worse, um, McCaffrey may have been decapitated or broke his back. It was like, oh my god. Woo! Thank god that didn't happen. Like, it was like, this team needs Christian McCaffrey big time. Um, like, he is the catalyst of the offense. And to see that play, it was like, your number two cornerback almost killed your best offensive player. Um, don't, don't do that. So, three kind of weird plays by Brock Purdy. Um, dangerous plays. Um, for a variety of reasons, either almost picks or just putting your receiver in harm's way for no reason on, on a kind of a badly timed, inaccurate ball. Um, then there was some plays that, you know, I counted as checkdowns. That was okay. You know, there are plays downfield that are covered. I get that. Checkdowns aren't the worst thing in the world. They are the safety blanket of an NFL offense. So, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong there with taking a checkdown. If no one's open... And your checkdown's Christian McCaffrey, take it. I'm okay with you taking a Christian McCaffrey checkdown. Um, it's what made Jimmy Garoppolo so good last year because he had that guy as his checkdown option. Uh, but today, three of Brock Purdy's eight completions were checkdowns in my book. Um, one to one to Dwelly. Um, to be fair, Armstead had a pressure on him, and so I get pressure in his face. Hit the checkdown later in practice again. Check down to Christian McCaffrey. Oh, look what happens again. Armstead almost had a sack on Brock Purdy. So, I get it. Pressure in, you know, pressure in your face. Hit the check down. Live to fight another day. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm cool with that. But when 
half of your completions or almost half of them are checkdowns. It does make you kind of go, okay, like what's going on today? Um, then one of Jennings happened later, but uh, it just pretty just kind of seemed like the defense was locking everything down. And again, sometimes you can only do with what the defense gives you at times. If they're playing lockdown defense, you know, 15 yards downfield towards the boundary and nothing's there, then you kind of got to hit your check downs. And then that's what happened. And, you know, it's tough to kind of, you know, grade or, or kind of analyze what a quarterback does when you really can't put the complementary pieces together, whether it's Lance or Purdy or, or Darnold. Like, you're not seeing this ball starts at the 25-yard line and you get one drive, show me what you can do with the runs and the passes and the screens and stuff. All you're seeing is, like, a rep or, you know, four reps in a row, but the ball doesn't move. So it's kind of hard to, you know, analyze a certain, you know, or group of plays. But when almost half of your completions are checkdowns, is it a great defense? Probably. Now, that means defense won the day on his reps by far, which should make the offense want to come out hungrier next time they're out there. But that doesn't mean that Purdy was awful. I think he struggled today big time. But there was some really good throws he made against pressure. Um, again, checkdowns were happened and made during pressure. But... Um, there was a safety blitz where I think it was Hufunga was blitzing and Armstead and Bryant were in the backfield really quick uh, and he found Debo in the flat for a completion for a nice gain for like five or six yards. You know, it's stuff like that. You go, okay, that's the Brock Purdy we know. Quick reactions, avoids the pressure, finds his target, boom, five, six yards. Now it's second down and four. Um, later in practice, Hufunga blitzed again. It was a low snap. He recovered. And he found Debo, ironically, again, towards the right sideline for like eight yards. And people criticize Dink and Dunk, but, you know, six yards here, eight yards here. That's the first down. The drive keeps moving. Things are rocking. Your offense is rolling, right? Then you get McCaffrey involved and things look, you know, smooth as butter. Um, and then even later, there was probably Purdy's best play of the day was against pressure. Um... Burford and McKivitz held up strong in pass pro on this play. Ball snapped. I mean, there's guns a-blazing. Defense is coming at you. Um, a little pressure in his face. Uh, Purdy kind of runs to his left. Finds Ayuk in the bubble of the defense for about 20 yards downfield. And that was kind of his highlight play of the day. So a lot of checkdowns. But I think Purdy did show that there was kind of a mixed day against pressure. Two balls I don't want him to throw ever again, you know, kind of in the empty field of the defense, but then later against pressure, hitting Debo twice, finding Ayuk for 20 yards downfield in the bubble of the defense. Um, two, you know, three strong plays I like from him, um, but I would say overall he struggled. A little inaccurate on certain throws that he even completed. Um, and so for Purdy, I would assume he would agree with me and say it was not my best day on the field. Um, the defense kind of kicked our butt uh, during my reps. And so you can only do what you can. If guys ain't getting open, guys ain't getting open. But I do think Purdy did show some signs of, okay, like maybe you need some live reps. Maybe like those joint practices will do so much for him in Las Vegas. You know, getting a defense that you haven't seen yet this year, you know, against defenders and, and you know and having the offensive line be tested early 
um, in joint practices is going to be a good thing for Brock Purdy to kind of get, you know, back into the rhythm even more so than he is now. Um, but there were some signs of, you're aggressive, I appreciate that, but eh, maybe you don't. <laughs> Um, but there also were some good things that you can point to and say, you know, maybe the positives in this case against pressure do outweigh the negatives where you make one bad throw, but you make three good ones. Okay. Um, and so I think Purdy struggled. I think he would agree with that, that, you know, if you gave him a, a grading scale, I'd probably give him a C minus on the day, maybe a D plus. Um, but I think there was still some good amongst a lot of negative on the day from a really strong defensive performance. Don't don't forget that. A strong defensive performance. Like, kudos should go to the defense. And there was even a play today that was a no-huddle fourth down play. Like, no-huddle, fourth down, hike, get in the pocket, hits Ayuk for a first down, and you go, okay, like, that's, that's some NFLs. Like, no other quarterbacks doing that stuff in practice. Darnold ain't doing that. Lance ain't doing that. That was, you know, that was Shanahan, game decision, on the line, fourth down, you know, 15 seconds left, need a first down here to get a field goal to win the football game. That's what that stuff was. And Purdy made the play, got the completion. You know, they called the, you know, the imaginary timeout. Moody comes out, game winner for, you know, 35 yards. Like, there was a lot of good in Purdy today. But again, it was amongst... Kind of in, you know, kind of gloomy, you know, muddy, uh, kind of kind of a gloomy, cloudy performance by him against a really good defense today. Uh, then there was Trey Lance. Trey Lance got the first go rounds with the twos today, but um, he was the one quarterback, in my opinion, that was hampered by the receivers and tight ends dropping passes. Um, I thought he had a very good throw to Ayuk downfield. Um, kind of the post route, and Ayuk just it didn't hit his hands, but and it would have been tough to catch, but it was in a place where only he could catch it. And I seen Ayuk make this play before, um, so I it's kind of a fifty fifty ball of like yeah you should have been caught probably. Could have been caught, maybe. <laughs> um, but I thought that that was a nice play by Lance. And on most days, Ayuk does make that throw, make that catch. Um, his next play, he did overshoot a lot too towards the sideline. He was wide open, just missed him for about 15 yards. Got to hit those plays. We've talked about consistency issues with Trey Lance. But then you see these things. And you see a ball get tipped at the line of scrimmage. And you go, okay, like, Trey, you're not playing well. What's happening here? You hit one check down. And you're, what, are you, what are you, one for four so far? How are you going to make up for this? And while he was trying to, back-to-back -back drop passes. Boom, off Conley's hand on a slant route on the money. Just dropped it. A lot, two drops, one later. And you go, okay, like, this is just not your day. Um, you're putting balls in areas, guys. Usually would catch them. Your receivers are dropping passes, but to end the practice and to end his day of work, three complete passes back to back to back. McLeod on an L route towards the sideline, slant to Jennings, and a comeback to, to Conley. Kind of, you know, 
start on a kind of a downward note to kind of ramp things back up towards the end. And we've seen that from Trey so much. Where, and today I think was one of the days where it really wasn't even his fault. It just kind of happened to be how the practice was going. Where on most days, Trey's probably six for eight if this exact same practice happened, you know, two days ago. He's six for eight on a, you know, big chunk play to Ayuk, and we're all saying, oh my goodness, Trey looked amazing. He looks so good at practice. He should be the starting quarterback of this team right now. Um, but I <laughs> but I think that today, because of receivers dropped and this, you know, this inches off of throws and just kind of guys being, a, a, I don't want to say sluggish, but kind of just having an off day with their hands, that kind of held him back and it kind of skews the stats against him. But I think Trey looked fine today. Um, I liked what he did on the field. I think he was okay. Um, I think today was much better than it was two days ago. Um, and you can tell there's kind of this you know, stepping back up to the plate of where he was back when he was putting together five, six good practices in a row. And so I'm not worried about Trey, but let me tell you this. Those joint practices in Las Vegas in that first preseason game... Um, if he performs great or just good, here's what's going to happen. If Trey Lance performs good during joint practices in that first preseason game, the conversation of is he quarterback number two is not going to change. What's going to happen is it's going to be, well, you know, he's kind of now, or he's still equal to Sam Darnold. Um, they're still having a competition, but if Trey Lance plays bad in joint practice or even that preseason game, that conversation is going to become, see, he's quarterback number three, he stinks, they have no faith in him, and it's going to be negative. I hate that for him, I think it's unfair to him, but what does that tell you? That these this, this stretch of three days, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, this could be the most pivotal three-game stretch for Trey Lance this offseason. Your first reps against a different defense, and I think for Trey, not that you're hoping for Darnold to fail, but you're hoping Sam Darnold against that next defense he hasn't seen before starts throwing picks. Um, and I think like this is a chance for Trey to separate himself. He tried earlier this week and failed, this is now that chance to at least, you know, find yourself some breathing room in this competition. Because if you don't, it is going to sway much more negative from national guys and even local guys in the media. Which is unfortunate, but that's unf <laughs> that's just the way things go. And because there's so much negativity towards him, so much flack he gets. And if you struggle for the first time... When fans of a different team and then fans, you know, all across Bay Area and, you know, all Niner fans can see you play for the first time in a, what, a year or almost a year. Um, if you don't play well, I mean, my goodness, it'll be write him off. It's done. It's over with. Because right now, all Sam Darnold has to do is kind of coast. Um, Sam Darnold, to win this quarterback two job, just has to be mediocre with a hint of that arm talent that is, you know, top-notch on this team. Uh, that's, I hate saying that because I, like, that shouldn't be the case, but I think it is. Um, again, I love Trey. 
I want him to be this team's quarterback number two. I still want Trey in some form to be this team's franchise quarterback because I see potential is still there with growth and reps. It's still there. But I just fear that all like the minute he fails, it's in Shanahan's mind, okay, like this is it, your quarterback three. Whereas if Sam's mediocre, it's kind of coasts and makes a few check down plays, makes some slants that Shanahan loves and you know is on time on certain things. He wins the job at quarterback two. Um, but today for Sam Darnold, <laughs> um, it wasn't his best day. Uh, I counted three drops, so mind you, not all his fault. I counted one by Bell on, on a drop screen. Uh, Snead dropped the football, um, and there was one uh, later uh, during um, his drills as well that was dropped. And so, yes, Sam, just like Trey, was kind of hampered by his offensive uh, weapons letting him down. But on the first play that he had, uh, Dalen... Hayes, newly signed defensive end, burst through the backfield, beat, Matt's pro- beat Matt Pryor, um, forces some pressure. Not, sh- not, not sure how much it affected what Sam was going to do, but in his mind, it was, okay, there's pressure. I am going to sling this thing 50 yards down the field and just hope and pray, you know, do the rosary thing and hope it works out from the Catholic boy at USC. Um, and for his case, didn't work out. <laughs> um, picked off by Jair Brown. Uh, and, and Sam Darnold, believe this, Sam Darnold's first interception of training camp. For a guy that saw ghosts <laughs> in prime time in New York, and like that doesn't sound right, but that was his first pick in training camp. Um, that started his day off and was like, oh, is it going to be one of these days for Sam he did clean things up a little bit later. Um, quick out the Jennings. He, I I think he took a few sacks. I counted about two here. Um, I don't like doing that. You know me. But uh, I just think that the ball was held a little bit too long. Offensive line struggled in, 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 in his reps. Um, there was some miscommunication on a deep route to McLeod. Which is funny is that he kind of... Shanahan was like... Yelling at Brayden Willis, like, hey, do this and do that. And I was like, oh, like, welcome to the NFL, rookie. Um, but you can tell that Sam just couldn't find a rhythm. His last throw of the day, or excuse me, his, his two final throws were actually really good of the day. Um, he found, I forgot who it was over the middle, for a nice big game, 15, 20 yards downfield, just bang on the money. And then to end his practice, um, hit McLeod, I believe it was McLeod, let me see here, uh, Sneed, excuse me. Play action, rolls to his left, hit Sneed, you know, right towards the sideline, right by defender's hand. Just zipped it in there. Okay, like, that, like him and Trey were kind of on the same level, where it was like, receivers are dropping footballs, that's not your fault. Um, and to end, they both kind of pick things up. I do think that Sam's interception, it's one of those plays where it was kind of in the end zone. So it's, it's a touchback, whatever, like it's no harm, no foul in regards to field position, but when you have the football and you're pressured and it's like first, second down, um, I like you taking shots, but not that one. <laughs> um, this ball hung up in the air and was just kind of, you know, boop, right into Brown's hands. I like Sam. I think Sam does a lot of things that Kyle Shanahan loves and does them really well. 
And again, if he's mediocre and, and just, you know, makes the easy decision, he'll be fine. He'll he'll win the quarterback two job in front of Trey. Um, Trey has to do so much more to win that job than Sam has to lose it, in my opinion. Which again, just sucks. But that's the way it is. Uh, but I, I thought today Sam was worse than Trey Lance for what it's worth. Um, I think the pick was kind of a... It was one of those plays where it didn't need to happen, but it did. Um, similar to Purdy, where they're throwing plays in kind of a dangerous zone and Darnold got bit by it, Purdy didn't. Um, but in this case, kind of a similar outing. Like, Sam Darnold kind of had a Purdy-Trey Lance day mixed together, where it was kind of, you know, this weird decision-making by Purdy, and that was kind of happened with uh, for Darnold. Then Lance had the receiver drops that finished strong, and that was kind of what Sam did towards the end as well. So when I look at it, uh, I see Sam as right now he's, you know, the depth chart said Trey or Sam. We're still there. This is definitely a Trey or Sam competition still. Um, I do think the drops that Sam had uh, were a little better. And I. I'm comparing drops now, Jesus, but um, I do think the route, and the, uh, yes, Trey had slant route to Conley that was dropped, had two to left two that were dropped. Um, Trey, uh, Sam's balls that were dropped were like the Shanahan kind of play that you like, if you know what I mean, like the quick stuff, the screens, the slants, the ins, the outs, the, you know, the, the five yards, seven yards stuff, whereas Trey had a ball dropped downfield, uh, Sam didn't, um, where it seems like Sam was kind of working within the offense of what Shanahan might want or ask him to do more than Trey was, but again, like, I hate that I have to kind of decipher and kind of analyze every single thing because it feels like every single play kind of tilts the competition one way or the other, and you're kind of like, well, who, like, what would Shanahan like better here, and like, it makes me feel icky and gross. I'm like, why am I discussing drop passes and how they're better than the other ones? It's a drop pass. It's bad. And all quarterbacks today were affected by that. Brandon Allen to end today's show. Uh, I had him one for two. Also had a drop pass. Uh, but his drop was one where he throws it up to Isaiah Winstead. He catches it and coming down, the, the DB kind of rips it out of his hands. Um... As a receiver, you had the ball in your hands and you dropped it. Albeit, great defensive play by the cornerback, but you dropped it. Um, so I think for, for Allen, this was very much a light day for him. Um, and, and so for Thursday and Friday and Saturday, those are going to be, I think, especially Thursday and Friday, but probably more so Friday, will be a very heavy Brock Purdy day in practice. But I think Thursday and Saturday, those are going to be the Trey, Sam, and Allen days. Um, my eyes are going to be glued to Twitter, or X now, whatever it's called, to see all the you know the, the beat writers tweeting about it and posting about it. And then on Saturday, or Sunday, excuse me, just every single play, like, what is happening? What is Trey and, and, and Sam doing? Like, I have to know. It's like that uh, the episode in SpongeBob where his eyes come off the screen. He's like scanning the paper. That's going to be me on, on, on the TV on Sunday watching these guys play. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. We are literally 
literally went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're five days away. I can't count. Five days away from 49er football back on our TV screens. It has been a long, long offseason. It's almost over. Five more days. Cinco. Cinco days. Until San Francisco 49ers football is back on your TV screens. Two joint practices Thursday, Friday. And day off tomorrow and Saturday. And football back on Sunday. If there's any news, anything, roster cuts, roster construction, what are the beat writers talking about? What are my takeaways? It'll be here on the show, but also on social media. Twitter is at 49ers underscore access. Instagram at 49ers dot access. Don't forget to use that promo code 49ers access. Once again, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Also use our Fanatics link down below or up above on the YouTube screen right here and pointing to it right now in the corner. Use that to save yourself a little bit of money if there's a discount on the site, but also support the show. In the meantime, again, Niners football is five days away, four days if you're listening to this on Wednesday morning. I can't wait. I know you can't wait. It's almost here. It's almost like Christmas Day with the new bike downstairs, but instead of a bike, it's football is back. It's red and gold, and it's pretty and faithful all over. This has been the Forward and Matter Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett. Thank you for watching, listening. Don't forget to leave a like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, stay faithful.